0: A reading from the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish it were already ablaze. I have a baptism, which wish to be baptized, and what constraint I am under, until it is completed. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother in law against her daughter in law, and daughter in law against mother in law. Jesus also said to the crowds When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, It's going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there's going to be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of Christ. Praise Lord Jesus <laughs> Christ. be seated. Well, I have to admit, after I talked to Alicia and agreed to do the service today, I looked at the readings, and I sighed. These are not nice, simple summertime readings. Jesus says, do you think I have come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Now, there's a Bible quote you aren't likely to see on any bumper sticker. No gentle Jesus, meek and mild, no easy yokes or light burdens, no kind words about love and forgiveness this week. This is the other side of the gospel, the side that we don't embrace quite so willingly, But one good thing about this reading and others like it is that they remind us that behavior is important, that God has expectations of us and that what we do, our actions and our attitudes matter. Now you can sense Jesus' passion and urgency in this passage, but I suspect that we all struggle at least a bit with the very idea that Jesus comes to bring division. We don't like strife and division. It makes us uncomfortable. So we'd all like to think that, well, that can't be about us. It must be about something that happened long ago and far away. I mean, Jesus is talking about stuff in his own time. After all, of course, Jesus came to bring us peace, didn't he? But I think what Jesus is talking about here is the truth that you can't have true peace without justice. And sadly, division, while it can and does cause hurt and sorrow and pain, it's often necessary in order to bring justice into the world. And sadly, the world is full of struggles for justice and always has been. For example, there have been and still are numerous acrimonious struggles over science that resulted from society, including the church, refusing new ideas about planets and stars and evolution and the intelligence of women and justice for the poor and so on. Apartheid wouldn't have ended in South Africa without people willing to risk division and strife. And what about the division and strife caused by the fight to get everyone the right to vote? There was a time when voting was unheard of. In medieval Europe, for example, the idea of ordinary men, let alone women or people from other parts of the world, voting to decide how to run the country would have been considered against the natural God-given order of the world. None of these changes happened without division, discourse, and quite bluntly, a measure of ugliness. The ongoing fight to give basic human rights to everyone has caused, indeed continues to cause a lot of division and strife. So maybe we shouldn't be quite as surprised or dismayed by today's readings. Jesus says he didn't come to bring peace, but I think the peace he's talking about is the easy peace, that superficial peace that papers things over while leaving disorder and injustice below the surface, hidden from easy view. He's not talking about the deep, real peace of God, but the kind of peace that allows us to sit back and say, well, I'm okay, so let's not rock the boat. I just want things to be nice. So don't say or do anything that might cause me unpleasantness. The peace that Christ does bring us requires a deep reordering of our own external life and our interior life, a reordering of our relationships to one another. It's a costly and a demanding peace that requires us to hold our material goods lightly and be willing to share them, and also to hold lightly our points of view, and our comfortable illusions about ourselves and the world. To achieve true peace, we need to allow God's peace and justice to seep into our consciousness, into our lives. And when we do, well, truthfully, sometimes, initially, we do experience division. Externally, of course, but also internally, We can experience division between our desire, on the one hand, to be about God's work of transformation and binding up the wounded and reconciling. But on the other hand, our reluctance to commit ourselves and our fear that the cost just may be more than we want to pay. That the cost may indeed be too demanding of who and what we are currently. And so we vacillate, we compromise, we try to explain away the challenge that the gospel holds out to us. And by doing so, we let the status quo continue. We all face this discordant pull in different directions at some level or another. The desire for meaning, the desire for things to be better, the desire to follow God's way, but, but at the same time, the tug towards that easy path. Now, unlike the early Christians, we aren't dealing with division and strife simply because we're Christian. In part, this is because of the long ascendancy of Christianity in the European world and those areas like here that were colonized by them. But if I'm honest, I suspect it's also partly because we so often fail to actually live into the gospel in any depth that, quite frankly, we're pretty indistinguishable from the people around us. Throughout Luke's account, Jesus announces a new community. He calls it the kingdom of God, where all those in need are cared for, where forgiveness is the norm, where the poor are privileged, where wealth is shared rather than hoarded, and where the weak and the lonely are honored. Now we all know we don't live in the kingdom. We live in a culture that often equates wealth with character, which elevates consumption to an art form and that teaches us to look out for our own well-being above that of all others. So I think today's reading invites us to consider how much of our time and energy we really spend pushing back against that. We're invited to consider what our personal and congregational life might look like If we took Jesus' words more seriously at home, at work, in our politics, in our life as a church, maybe we'd experience more of the stress and division Jesus speaks about if we were pushing back more strongly against the usual way of doing things. So I think today's gospel invites us to ask ourselves, what is it that holds us back? from embracing the kingdom life Jesus both describes and calls us to. What fears, pressures, and stresses distract us from the mission Jesus has for us. Now, of course, none of us likes struggle and division and pain. Even Jesus would have preferred to avoid it. So the good news in all of this is that God knows we can't continue the struggle for the kingdom with just our own energy. That way leads to burnout. That's why we gather in communities of faith to support and uphold each other. And why we need a strong relationship with God so God's love and passion and energy can flow through us. God invites us through the agency of the spirit to partake of Jesus' own courage, his own response to God's will. Working in us and through us, Christ helps us to break down those walls of division one tiny step at a time. Christ upholds and repairs us so that we might become repairers of the world with him. If we truly follow God's way, then it may well be that our efforts will lead to strife and division, not least with those who quite frankly like the way that things are. But it will also lead us into the deeper sense of the peace that God gives. The peace that passes all understanding. The deep peace that we receive when we do follow God's way.